Welcome to the She Speaks podcast, a podcast created to elevate women's voices across diverse backgrounds on topics impacting women. I'm your host, Aliza Freud, founder and CEO of She Speaks. Each week, I have a conversation with a woman expert who shares her best how-to advice on a topic so we can learn how to better do that one thing from a woman who's been there and done that. Our hope is that these conversations help you feel more inspired to speak up and be heard in your own life and work. Now, on to the episode. Welcome back to the She Speaks podcast. I hope you're all having a great week so far. So if you're one of those people who's ever had wanderlust, and I am certainly one of them, who's just kind of dreamt of renting an RV and traveling around and seeing different parts of the country, then this is the episode for you. I have on with me creator and influencer, Nicole Pangborn, and she has amassed a huge following on both Instagram and TikTok. And what she does is she travels full time. She quit her job as a physician's assistant because she really didn't want to waste any more time not being able to see the world and wanted to have the chance to do that. So she now lives her life as a solo female van lifer. And what that means is that she has a van that she lives in, travels in, and sleeps in, of course. And she travels around hiking and doing lots of outdoor activities, as well as seeing different parts of the country. So what we talk about in this episode is, you know, what got her to that point of wanting to make that decision, to make that leap, and then what is life like? So if you've ever been somebody who's considered the idea of traveling around, even for a short period of time, this is a really interesting conversation about what that life is like and really how it has opened up Nicole's mind and given her a great opportunity to live a life that she never thought she could have. So with that, I'm going to let you hear my conversation with Nicole. Here we go. Nicole, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Well, I'm looking forward to talking with you because you have such an interesting story and Mm -hmm. you have been successful at leaving a nine to five job and starting Mm -hmm. this completely new career, basically, in social media. Can you talk about what prompted you to quit that nine to five job that you had? Yeah. So it's a bit of a long-winded answer, but if I sum it down to one thing, it's that the original job I was working in stopped serving me. Mm. So when I moved to Sedona for my PA job, physician assistant job in 2018, I just started taking photos for fun. I enjoyed doing it. I enjoyed hiking. I wanted to travel and create content for fun. And -hmm. that's all it was for a long time. But I started getting traction with it. And then in 2021, I was able to finally start monetizing from that. So it opened up this new opportunity for me. And I took it, basically. Mm -hmm. So as I was doing this for fun, I started meeting people who had Mm -hmm. been doing this as their job and living on the road and creating content as their main career. And Mm -hmm. Each person I met started planting little seeds for me. So I would meet someone who lived in a van and I'd be like, wow, that's really great. And then I'd meet someone who lived in an off-road vehicle and I'd think that's a new 
opportunity to see more places. Then I'd meet someone who's working with tourism boards, someone who's working with brands, someone who works weddings and events. And each person kind of gave me knowledge to get to where I am today. So I definitely didn't do it alone either. Mm -hmm. I'm really lucky that I have some great people in my life that have helped me along the way. I want to take a moment to highlight that story that you just shared about, you know, you knew that the job that you were in, the nine to five was not serving you. You knew that it was something that was not a long-term solution, but mm -hmm. this alternative of being a full-time uh, social media influencer, basically making your living from doing mm -hmm. this was not really necessarily part of your reference point. It's not like you knew a ton of people doing this, but you got out right. there and you started meeting people. There's something about that that is so important for people to understand because for mm -hmm. most of us, and I very much related to that when you said it, because I spent a lot of my career in corporate America, but I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I just wasn't yeah. meeting entrepreneurs in corporate America. They just, they weren't yeah. there. So I set about going to find women in particular who would be generous enough to give me their time and tell me what the mm -hmm. experience was like to be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And it made it so much less scary. It made it seem so much more doable that I could meet these people to do that who, who were already doing that job. And I think there's a really important lesson there, especially since we seem to have both that shared experience of, well, mm -hmm. I really know how to do this. So you went about meeting people who right. were useful and helpful in that, making you understand what was involved so that you could get there. I, I think mm -hmm. people need to understand who are listening that it's okay if there's something else you want to do, but you have mm -hmm. no clue where to start. Mm -hmm. It is a very much a useful approach to just try to go and meet people who are doing yep. something that is, even if it's not exactly what you want to do, if it's adjacent, it's really worthwhile to spend some time finding those people and talking with them and understanding what they do and how they do it. Absolutely. I think it's so important to surround yourself, if you can, with people who are doing what you want to do that are achieving the goals you want because mm -hmm. the people who surround you help build you. Mm -hmm. Another thing too, that I always tell people is don't be afraid to do things by yourself because mm -hmm. when I started and I moved to Sedona from the East coast, I knew absolutely no one. I had no acquaintances. I'm in a small town and I would go hiking by myself. I, I mean, you want to be safe of course and be prepared, but you can't let, the fact that you don't have someone to do something with holds you back. Mm. So I would hike by myself. I would kind of talk with people on the hike, make friends that way. I would follow people online that had the similar lifestyle. They'd reach out to me when they were in Sedona. We'd meet and I'd be able to build my community that way. So mm. also doing things alone and taking the opportunities that come to you from that is really important in building a community as well. I'm so glad that you brought this up too, Nicole, because I personally, I, I've traveled a lot by myself for business, but I have never mm -hmm. traveled by myself for pleasure, you know, just a trip on my own. And I do think to myself, okay, if I ever did do that, what would I do? Would I be 
would I be terrified? Would I be mm-hmm. bored? What would I do? And I do think it's a little bit of a scary thing for people. And maybe women, there's a different issue too, because of, you know, there's some yep. different safety concerns, but um, can you talk a little bit about how people can get into the, the frame of mind that mm-hmm. going and trying something like that can be an extraordinarily enriching experience? So let's say somebody like me who has never traveled on their own for Mm -hmm. for pleasure, for leisure, for fun, whatever, for an experience, what is the value of doing it? And what would you say is an important reference for how to think about getting yourself to the point of of doing it, of just taking that leap and leap Mm -hmm. of faith and something you can do? So- This something that I learned when I started van life could probably be related to this scenario. It's that it's okay to be scared, but usually if you're scared, that's something you should explore to grow yourself and you should do it scared anyways. Mm. Mm. That really helped me a lot when I was moving into the van because I think people think I was really brave about it, but I was terrified. If I'm completely honest, I was like crying every day before I moved into the van. But I've learned through experiences of my life that pushing myself out of my comfort zone is always valuable. I always learn something about myself from it. I grow from it. And it usually brings new people into my life as well. Even if like what you decide to pursue, you don't get the ultimate goal, there's benefits that come with it. Mm -hmm. And I think as I've learned that through my life too, it's helped me push my comfort zone even further because I know, and I know from experience, the benefits of pushing it. What do you think about for yourself? I mean, you do solo travel and you have, you know, this, this approach of living in the van you mentioned. I know that we've talked with other influencers in the past who've done the same and have, you know, a very positive experience overall when they're going through Mm -hmm. it, but you do this alone since you're a solo traveler. Do you get lonely in the process? What can you do to mm-hmm. kind of get your, yourself past that that feeling of loneliness? So absolutely, I do feel lonely at times. Mm-hmm. I'm lucky in that I've had a lot of time with myself to learn that there's a lot of value in that, like with my first few solo hikes, solo trips. But there's places and ways that you can cope with that. So first of all, if you know people in an area where you're at reaching out to them even if you're not super close to them to give yourself a sense of community as you travel number two stay connected with the current people in your life facetime phone calls text i do feel like i have a really strong community on my social media page and i felt that way from the beginning even if you don't have a lot of followers you still have a community of people that are highly engaged and another thing is talking to strangers so if I'm like having a day where I'm feeling pretty out here solo, I'll go on a hike. I usually will meet someone there. I might start talking to the cashier at the checkout, but finding little ways to create a value with other people during your day. Mm-hmm. And then a little van life hack I do is if I'm also feeling a little lonely, I'll park somewhere that's kind of busy just to give myself the feeling of being in the mix of it all. Mm. But Probably the biggest, one of the biggest lessons for me in this chapter is learning to be alone. 
It's something I've always wanted to work on more and it's really pushed me to do that. A great tip that I feel like has helped me a lot is to shift the mindset. Instead of saying, I have to do this alone, say, I get to do this alone. Mm. I get to learn about myself. I get to push myself. I have to figure out all the problems. I can't rely on someone else. And mm -hmm. looking at the value and shifting the approach to it helps me a lot. Mm -hmm. I love that. So when you think about the content you want to share with people, right? Mm -hmm. Because you have a lot of things you could potentially post about. You can post about the fact that you quit a full-time job to do this. You can post about the fact that this is, you know, you are living in the van and what is that like traveling mm -hmm. and what is that life like? And there are just so many things that you could potentially post about. I'm curious yeah. how you decide what you're going to share with the community. And, you know, if you've mm -hmm. also had people react negatively to things you've posted. Mm -hmm. So when I'm deciding what I'm going to post at this point in my social media career, I'm thinking about a few things. Number one, does it benefit my followers? Mm -hmm. Because the community is the main goal of social media. So it's got to be something that's helpful. It's either going to entertain them, it's going to educate them or inspire them. Mm -hmm. And then also it's got to be something I like. I'm, I mean, it's my page at the end of the day. So those two things have to align. Also, I want to make sure I try to be delicate about posting things that could make someone feel bad. You know, I don't want to necessarily shame someone and try to put out content that's meeting those three things, inspiring, educating, or entertaining. And then the last layer of it is I do have to think about my own mental health and my own safety. So I can't post anything usually until I've left that place. I'm always thinking about keeping myself and my private life safe too. Mm -hmm. And then absolutely I get negative backlash. I think every single person on social media has at some point. Mm -hmm. That's been something that I very much struggled with, especially at the beginning. I'm a very sensitive person and a people pleaser, recovering people pleaser. So it was really difficult at first. Over time, I've learned that most of the people that are posting negatively aren't happy with themselves and they mm -hmm. just want to make you feel the way they feel. And the best thing for you to do in their eyes is respond. Mm -hmm. And I, at first I would, I would respond, feel like I needed to defend myself, back myself up. But over time, I've learned that usually the best strategy is delete, ignore, block. Mm. It happens to everyone. And it's the other thing I've learned, too, is you're always going to make someone mad. Someone's always going to be upset. So if I post something with a location, people are upset with me for posting a location. And if I post something without a location, people are upset with me for not posting the location. So I've learned that people are going to be mad either way. So just post what serves you and serves your followers. Mm -hmm. So I'm very curious about this because I am somebody who, you know, spent a lot of my career, actually all of my career working in marketing. And a lot of that mm -hmm. is about understanding your target audience. Like what do they care about? Mm -hmm. And one of the things mm -hmm. I love about the influencer space is that mm -hmm. I believe that influencers understand their audience in a way that most marketers will never understand the people who buy their products. And that's because yeah. you 
to engage with this audience all the time. You have conversations, you hear what they, you know, not, not, maybe not everyone you're, you're responding to, but a lot of the people who are connecting with you, you understand what's on their mind, you know what they care about in terms of what they want to mm-hmm. hear from you. And I would love if you could talk a little bit about the value of those connections. I said before, you think about what serves okay. the community, that it's entertaining, yeah. educational, inspirational. Mm-hmm. How do you determine what those things are? Engaging with my community, listening to what they ask for. So mm-hmm. people will comment and say, can you make a video about where to go in the winter? Can you show the best hikes for people who are in wheelchairs? Or listening to the feedback from my followers is how I get ideas and curate my content. Mm-hmm. And also seeing what performs well. Because mm-hmm. if something performs well, there's usually a demand for more content like that. So I actually just posted a video today. It's a what you need to know before you go on this hike video. And I've done three of them now and they always do very well because people want that information. And it's it's hard to find in such a succinct video. So listening to my followers, engaging with them, understanding them is how I learn what they want. Yeah. So thinking about bringing a product into the mix, right? So Mm -hmm. the way that we have worked with you is through some sponsored brands, companies that come to you to have you talk about their products, integrate their Mm -hmm. products into your content. How do you think about that type of post, a sponsored post, when it comes to deciding what you're actually going to say? Because I know that this is a struggle sometimes that Many influencers have a very good sense because as we said before, you understand your audience in a way that Mm -hmm. most marketers are not going to understand their customer. Mm -hmm. So how do you bring that balance of, I know that I have to be able to say this uh, for the client, for the brand, but need to say it in a way that is going to be appealing and beneficial to my audience. Mm Mm-hmm. The way I decide that is the same way I decide what content to post. I make sure it's beneficial for my followers. Mm-hmm. It aligns with myself is a product that I would use. And of course, my followers would use. Mm-hmm. So using that same approach. So for example, I worked with you guys on a Mucinex campaign and my followers are people who love the outdoors. They love hiking. They live on the road. They love travel. You're going to have allergies that's a product that brings value to my life and it brings value to their life. Right. And if I don't feel like a product does that, I walk away and say no to that. Yeah. Brand yeah. deal. So in thinking about if somebody is listening to this and they're curious about potentially doing the same thing, becoming somebody who travels solo, what piece of advice after the experience you've been through would you give them about doing it, taking a leap of faith and making it happen. Yeah. I would say there's a few things you want to start with. Number one is start saving. Mm -hmm. So I would have six months worth of an emergency fund in case you don't have any income, because if you change your entire lifestyle, you want to have that cushion to fall back on if you're kind of sort of figuring things out as you start. The other thing that I recommend, especially for people who want to live in a vehicle, is try out the setup that you're planning on buying. Mm -hmm. So before I even started designing my van, I rented a van. 
and I tried it for two nights, which was enough for me to get a sense and an idea of what exactly I wanted. I learned about things that I would have never even thought twice about when I did that. So if someone's looking at living in a rooftop tent on a car, you should rent one and try it out and decide if you really can do that. Mm -hmm. And then if somebody wants to live on the road full time, finding a remote job. I think there's a really big misconception, especially on social media, that people who live this, this lifestyle don't work. Mm. Uh, every single person I have met works, has a job, has income that they're working towards. Mm -hmm. And another piece of advice that one of my friends, Michelle, gave me when I moved into my van, she had the first van I ever saw. She told me to have a goal for this chapter of your life. So set some type of purpose or intention. And mm -hmm. that could be whatever you want, whether it's see 20 states this year or meet this many people, be independent, start meditating, work on mental health, try to make a goal and try to make it something that's attainable and has a number quality to it is a good way to set a goal as well. So I'm going to meditate five days out of the week or I'm going to do two new hikes every week. Mm. I love that. That is such great advice. In terms of the thing that surprised you the most about van life, what would you say that is? Mm. I think how easy it was. And, and I don't want to say that it's easy and sugarcoat it and say that it's perfect, but I never would have seen myself living this lifestyle five years ago, which I think is kind of beautiful that you can evolve as a person and do something you was never even on your radar. I remember actually being in grad school and someone asked me to go on a hike and I laughed at them and was like, why would someone want to like walk outside for fun? And now that's all I want to do. <laughs> um, so I think the transition for me was surprisingly easy. It mm -hmm. took me about two weeks to get used to not showering every single day and feeling safe. And the amount of safety and comfort I have now has been really surprising mm -hmm. to me. And I'm excited about it because it means I can do it longer. Yeah. So what is next for you? Good question. I'm, I don't know. I'm just kind of going with the flow, seeing what happens. I believe that the universe guides you places you're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. I think I'm supposed to be here. I don't know exactly what my plan is, but I'm going to work on it and figure it out as time goes on. I could be in the van for another six months. It could be another five years. I, I really, truly have no idea. I might decide to go back to medicine in some degree. I might not. But I don't know. I'm focusing more on the immediate future than the long-term future right now. Mm. Well, Nicole, thank you so much for spending this time with us and sharing your experience. It's such a unique thing because most people do not do what you do. I know you probably are surrounded with people who are doing mm -hmm. this, but most people in the world do not take this chance to do this. And it is so it is so inspiring to see it. This was, <laughs> this was, I mean, this is so interesting. I have to tell you that you are gaining life experience that people... Mm -hmm like wait many, many, many more years to get that understanding of themselves yeah. and it's a gift that you're giving it to yourself at a younger age. It's, I mean, it's unbelievable. I so absolutely happy. agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. I, appreciate I think that. people want to watch your journey and follow your journey. What is the best way for them to do that? The best way to do that would be to follow me on Instagram and TikTok. 
And my Instagram handle is pangbang. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you, Nicole. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening. If you're an influencer or a brand that wants to work with us, please feel free to email us at info at Until next time.